Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dynamics Podcast. My name, of course, is Felix Satra, and joining me today is my lovely colleague and still confidant, the best man probably on this side of the hemisphere, Tommy Skew. Hi, Tommy. <sighs> what a pitch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Frederick. How Hi. are you, man? <laughs> I'm good. Uh, so you've been out hiking. Uh, I've I seen pictures on, on, on Snapchat and, and on on. on are you? Do you have a shared profile on on Instagram? It's, yes, I do. It's public. Uh, so, uh, but I'm not even sure what my Insta tag is. But uh, we we'll, can probably you can put it on. We'll put yeah, it you in know. the description yeah. or the, the whatnot. I, so. I'm 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 not sharing any. I'm just sharing pictures from around the area here when I do hiking. Pictures from the nature, what have you? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you can go there, and we'll put some pictures up in the when we come to. Uh, Make sure that we, we, we get some nice pictures of you uh, hiking, Tommy. Because we're lucky enough to live in Norway, which is a super rural part of the earth. <laughs> but but we, we live pretty close to nature. Um, me on the West Coast, I do a lot of hiking as well. Um, and and you with it. But the, the mountains here on the West Coast are really like tall and, 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 and long when you get up to them and you can walk for a long time long time inwards to the Vidde, which we call it. But on your side of the or northern part of the country, there are these like really jagged, big, s- steep mountains that you can go to, which just looks amazing. And uh, I get so envious when you post pictures. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's mostly my wife dragging me on top of these mountains <laughs> uh, to, to keep me around for, for as long as possible. Uh, but it so there is... Um, the carrot is getting to the top, getting to the top and getting the view. That, yep. That's the pr- that's the price. Uh, so, but you're right. Uh, some of these mountains you can easily get up on top uh, within the hour, um, depending on how fit you are. Uh, so, I mean, some of these mountains, my wife would probably get up uh, in 30, 40 minutes, and I'll spend one hour and ten minutes, or maybe, maybe even more. And some of these trips are longer. Um, and uh, the one I was on on uh, Saturday, last Saturday. Uh, we started around 12, 1 p.m. And on our way up there, it was like, uh, are we going to make it down before it gets dark? Because uh, we knew that around 6 p.m. it's going to get uh, dusk. And then you don't want to be walking around in the mountains, without, at least not without a flashlight or something. So, uh, But we managed. We were down within 4 p.m. So we were good. Good, yeah. good to hear you still got sunlight. So I thought we'd, we'd focus on because. Last episode, we talked a little bit about fast track and and what that was and and what you do and and what's been been happening on the partner side for the last year or so. Uh, but I, I thought we will. You wanted to talk about the the process and, and me as well. Uh, from from when you buy the licenses and you want to start up the projects. What do you do when you get into it? How do you um, what do you have to think about when you get started? What does do fast track kind of require for you to fill out how can you use the tools that are available because there are a lot of tools that you can use and um just simply using lcs and when right. you get started so we buy the licenses what happens kind of next after that? yeah so um you, uh, as you probably know you have to buy at a minimum 20 uh enterprise eligible users uh before you can get uh the erp uh, solution the finance finance operations yeah so that's and, that's finance licenses and or and or uh, the supply chain skew 
that's true. So from the first of October, they have they made it so that you can purchase uh, finance based licenses, what I call them, and and SCM supply chain management based licenses. And if you need the additional functionality, you can attach uh, either or. Uh, so you can have a finance based with an uh, SCM attached or an SCM based with a finance attached, and then you have retailers as well on top of that. Uh, but Either way, you need at least twenty of them to, to get started. So twenty and base base licenses. That's what yeah, we're, yep. and, yeah, and and twenty base uh, that that would uh, count as a twenty eligible uh, enterprise eligible and and would give you the product for sure. So the next thing that happens, and and I'm not I'm not too familiar or uh, too into the um, uh, the the sales part of that, but. When the product has been purchased, it's purchased towards uh, what, we, what we would call the customer tenant or tenant. And um, I'm just going to pause there for a minute because one thing we've seen is, is sometimes um, uh, the customer ends up purchasing the product not towards their actual tenant, but some other tenant. Oh. And that typically causes some problems because uh, then they have to go and decommission those licenses and put them on the right tenant. It's something we discover when they start uh, taking off basically we see that wait a minute that doesn't look like your real tenant what's going on here okay uh so but let's let's assume for a minute that they purchase the products uh, for the right tenant so okay next, so that's really important one step yeah, one but if you yeah, when you when you buy licenses if you do it on csp or ea or any other type of, of kind of commercial deal that you can do um so csp through partners uh, the other deals are, are directly with microsoft often through a licensing partner um but when you do that, make sure that you, you buy them on the, the correct tenant. So when you take them out, make sure they're on the right tenant. All right. And, yeah, because, I mean, uh, it's actually quite easy to create a tenant uh, <laughs> as long as it has a unique name. So it's, it's fairly easy for, for the reseller to, to just create a tenant, uh, name it something along the lines of the, of the customer, and, and off you go. Funny story, uh, but, Tommy. I actually had a customer wanting to go live on an external consultant uh, created a private tenant with his name in it. And they were, because they were so far down the rabbit hole, they actually were looking to go live on some random names tenant. That was... Yeah, I don't know the, the, the actual percentage of how many implementations uh, the tenants are not the accurate one. I don't think it's as much as 10%, but it's, it's, it's higher than it should be. Uh, let's put it that way. So, but anyway, so that's now you have the product, and the next thing that happens is that um, anyone who's a global admin on the customer's Azure AD can basically go ahead and, and access Lifecycle Services Portal. And the very first time uh, someone does that, they will initiate the flow that creates the implementation project. So it's a special type of project in Lifecycle Services. Okay, and so they, they, have to, they have to be a global administrator of the tenants. Yeah. Okay. Well, they, they don't have to be a global admin, but I'm just saying that anyone who's a global admin can do it. Okay. Uh, and uh, so you can be a non-global admin, that's fine, but I, I would probably recommend having someone with elevated permissions uh, setting this up. Okay. Um, and But if you do a non-elevated user, that's also fine. Just make sure that you add someone with uh, wide permissions to the product as well. And um, and the reason I'm saying that is because I can I can tell who's I can tell who's global admin uh, on the customer's side, and it could be helpful for me to know uh, that the customer is actually uh, involved in the project itself. Um, so when that when you get in the first flow, you get a question if you want to create a, a finance operations or a retail um, implementation project as it is today. 
So just make sure you pick the right one. Uh, but that that would initiate the flow that creates actually the organization for you inside of LCS, and it will also create the implementation project uh, for you in LCS. If a second or a third global admin uh, accesses LCS, they um, might not see the project itself on the front page. They'll have to go and look at, uh, I think there's a tab called implementation projects, and they can go in there and add themselves to the project. They would also be uh, automatically part of the organization. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying this so that people know that there's a way to get, get in for the global admins. Um, okay. Yeah. Now, the product, when it's been created, uh, you will have this, let's say, this special view of the project where you see sort of like a, a trimmed down view of, of LCS projects. It looks slightly different from how a regular project looks. Um, and you will have this uh, action center off on the left-hand side that tells you a lot of the things that you need to do in order to get started. And one of the very first things you need to do is, is go through the onboarding process. And the onboarding process is as it is right now, as of the 23rd of August uh, this year, uh, 2019. 2019, yeah. 2019, because maybe someone watches this in 2020 or, or later. Uh, you are enforced to go through that onboarding process and, and before you can even deploy a single uh, uh, environment of the environments that are coming along with the license. Uh, I mean, you can set up uh, the Azure subscription connection and deploy your cloud-hosted environments, that's fine. But for the environments like the, the, the sandbox environment, uh, you will have to go through this onboarding process. And, and through that process, we are asking you a series of questions. Um, we're asking you, when are you planning to go live? Who's going to be part of this team? Uh, what is the scope of the project, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we found that asking out these questions up front early on is, is very helpful for us to understand what type of project this is and how we can help you succeed in this implementation. So, so um, that's why this is done uh, now through LCS as a wizard. I mean, uh, if you've been doing implementations for a while, you know that we've been reaching out to, to you as soon as we see that you have created a project, we are reaching out to you to see to, to do these onboarding uh, sessions, but now it's uh, it's handled directly through LCS. And uh, looking at uh, the the process so far, it seems like most people they they do the onboarding pretty early and they complete it pretty early. Seems like some people are are getting stumped by setting up the uh, uh, ALM stuff like uh, the Azure DevOps and and all of that stuff. But um, but for the most part. Uh, uh, those things are also being set up fairly quickly. So, hmm. so it's all good. All right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's the Beyond onboarding that. parts. Yep. Okay. So that then they start the project and then they got the UIT environment and they can add additional sandbox environments. They start hopefully not that much yeah. development, but they can do. And then at some time we're, we're clo getting close to go live. Um, and if you were on, listen to the last podcast, it, it's, when you start up this this process, uh, you might be eligible for the the not the essential which everybody gets, but the standard uh, fast track t uh, process. And then you will have a, a an engineer kind of follow you along the entire project. But what's different on the essential one is is that you you get that initial go live help, getting up and running, starting the project, and then you do a check in afterwards. What happens? Yeah, that 
that that's correct. So so uh, through the onboarding process, we will get some sort of idea of how big uh, big what's the size of this implementation, and depending on the size of the implementation, uh, you might be eligible for the full fast track program and all of these workshops uh, that we can provide uh, to drive the success for the partner uh, and the customer, obviously. Um, and uh, if you want to partake in that, then you get a dedicated solution architect from Microsoft that will uh, reach out to you and, and be there and do workshops uh, with the customer and the partner and uh, on site. Uh, so, and all that goodness that comes with all of these workshops to, to make sure that uh, you succeed. All right. So yeah. when they go live, then what happens running up to that, that go live point in time? Well, I mean, uh, I can mention a couple of things. Uh, we will help you go through, make sure that you have a good overview of the complete solution, uh, all of your integrations, uh, all the business processes that you covered everything, um, and also make sure that you run through the the expected processes in terms of, let's say, performance testing, acceptance testing, and uh, integration testing, if you have any integrations, etc. Um, and also make sure that you have uh, a good setup around the application lifecycle management and database uh, lifecycle management. And obviously, environment planning. Uh, how many environments do you need? Do you need additional uh, add-on environments? Do you need um, uh, a tier four, tier five type of performance test environment? Uh, because of the heavy load of transactions you're planning or the heavy load of users you're planning to have on your system. Uh, so all of this knowledge uh, the solution architect uh, will provide for the, the partner and the customer as part of this. And I mean, for some partners, they are already uh, experienced and know all of this and they know how to drive this. Uh, so from the Microsoft side, it will mostly be just uh, making sure that everything is good. So, yeah. And then, I mean, obviously, you get to um, to the the go live, and, and we will be there. Microsoft will be there and help uh, help them do the cutover and the, the go live itself. And actually, at at the end of that, when when go live is done, um, uh, the fast track pro program is actually pulling itself more out of that because I, at the end of the day, it's uh, uh, it's a partner who's accountable for, for for driving the success of the customer. Uh, primarily, um, we are there to to help that, but but it is it is the partner's responsibility, um, yeah, to make right. this a, a good story. Yeah, and, th and then of course we have the the support apparatus and everything that kind of goes into being a serviceable web service uh, for our customers. We we make sure that everything uh, with the environment is up and running. And we have this mad SLA. It's ninety nine point nine percent. It's really good. I I love it. So the yep. the story is we, we, the the story starts with basically my department where we start the selling and helping the customer envision what they can do with the solutions, and the partners uh, or it runs through the envisioning runs through with a the partner. Then they start up, they go and buy the licenses, start up with the first environment which we talked about, run through the process of of getting onboarded, um, get the implementation running, uh, do some checklists on the end, like have you done all your due diligence to go live and then get started and then it hands off it, it has it off to to the support that's mm. basically how the, the the process starts have you seen any uh, any processes that are like really super fast where people just come in and ask for the live environment immediately uh 
Well, I've seen attempts of getting production environment too quick and they are not ready. Uh, sometimes that is, it works okay. Sometimes it uh, results in the goal I was there, but they actually not, they didn't start using the system. <laughs> okay. uh, because I mean, it wasn't parameterized. I mean, it wasn't set up, it wasn't yeah. configured. Okay. Uh, and and um, I, I think it's fair to say that uh, setting up uh, ERP is a complex thing. Uh, so unless you have a very good vertical pre-configured solution that you can just spin up and that just simply works out of the box for the customer, I don't see how you can even succeed with that within, I mean, a week or a couple of weeks anyway. Yep. Uh, because there are so many differences between the customers and their processes, even though there are similarities, there are so many differences. And, and, and um, the configuration itself is, is going to take time and also validate that all your business processes are, are running the way they're supposed to. So, yep. Yeah. All right. Perfect. I think that's uh, our second episode. Oh, and, cool. uh, and we'll uh, make sure to come back with some information. I, we, I think we need to talk more about the fast track uh, engineers and the, the, there's a really nice program there. We should get some of them on. Yeah, talk and about. you know, we should also bring some of the uh, some of them on the show so yep. they can tell us more about the program. It's, a, it's an open invitation to uh, to some of you uh, to to join us and and, and talk about the the the, uh, the process of being a fast track recognized engineer. Is that the proper term? Oh yeah, but that those are not uh, Microsoft employees. Those are nope. uh, successful uh, uh, implementers. Yeah, sure. Bring those on. Uh, we have uh, who was it? Thomas, his name is one that I saw on LinkedIn yeah. earlier. Yeah, got his award. It looked really. I. I that was. I was so nice. Yeah, that was looking looking really good. <laughs> it's one. It won up the MVP award. It did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it looked it only looked nicer, right? And there was like these small discs, so it looks like it's going to be sort of like something that they're recognized for year over year. So it's our our little very own addition to the MVP program. We have the fast track recognized engineers as well. So um, cool. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, see you later, Tommy. You probably have to go work now because it, well, even though it's late right now, you are covering the entire world from a fast track. You work all day, all night, uh, making sure that our customers are help successfully implementing our products. And thank yeah. you so much for doing that. Thank, thank you for having me. I mean, this is uh, so much fun. Let's, let's, I hope that people uh, enjoy us uh, picking this up and, and comment down below if you, uh, you want, if you want some topics, something that you want to have addressed yeah, or talk click, about. Click, click the subscribe button as well and, and hit that bell to be notified when we go live because we do these live when we, we record them. So you can get them really early if you subscribe. Make sure that you do that. And then we'll take them offline. I'll do some editing and some magic, and then we'll repost them uh, as the finished product, uh, which is uh, this new season of the Dynamics Podcast. Uh, and we hope you like it. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.